You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. Ian, the offseason is here. The World Series behind us, obviously. It's nice to get back to doing these podcasts with you. Uh, so far, a couple of weeks technically officially into the offseason, I guess. How's everything going in Boston, around the, the Red Sox fans, around Red Sox Nation? Well, all is pretty quiet right now. People are, uh, I think, recovered from the disappointing playoff loss and ready to see you know, what this team is going to do uh, to take another step forward next year. Obviously, you look at the needs of this team, and, and David Ortiz is no longer a Red Sox, which is amazing for the how long he was. Um, but that's a big bat, and maybe a bigger bat because of how good he was in his final season in Boston. Is that number one on the list to to add a bat to help fill that role of DH or or big bat middle of the lineup? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a DH because look, you could rotate different guys. You know, the Red Sox are one of the rare teams that's had one DH since since two thousand three. A lot of people kind of mix it up at that position, so. You do need to try to replace at least some of his production. You're not going to replace all of his production with one player. This guy led the major leagues in OPS last year. Um, so, yeah, I think Carlos Beltran is a guy that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, he's a very professional hitter, switch hitter. Uh, he's 40 years old. He can DH at this point of his career. So he would make the most sense, but I think they're going to exhaust all avenues. But I think the one thing, uh, they, they really want a left-handed bat here because, look, they already have Xander Bogart, Mookie Betts, uh, and Hanley Ramirez from the right side. So I think that they're lacking some power from the left side with David Gunn. So I think that most likely you'll see them try to get another left-handed bat to, to fill that void. So a guy like Edwin Encarnacion, less likely or, you know, a big a big cost guy like that? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that uh, Encarnacion, the money it's going to take to get him, I'm not sure they're going to go down that road. Uh, and sign him for a three- or four-year deal at the age of 34. I think they might, uh, like I said, just uh, you know, they, they feel reasonably good about their lineup. I mean, David is the one big loss. You have everybody else back, and you, you get Pablo Sandoval back, too. So you're hoping to sort of replace that production collectively rather than one guy doing it. Um, so, I, you know, I'd be surprised if, if they went out and got an Encarnacion or a Mark Trumbo or somebody like that. It's obviously a thin market as far as starting pitching goes. Luckily, the Red Sox do have a a good number of starting pitchers. Whether it's the right guys, we'll obviously see, but they have a solid six guys you can look at and point to and say these guys, any five of these six, could could fill out a rotation easily. Bullpen, though, there's, there's some work to be done. Obviously, Koji Uihara has been such a big part of this team. Janichi Tozawa, Brad Ziegler was a key addition. Um, there's replacements that have to be gone out and found. Um, they, they have their closer, which is good. Um, at some point, you're going to get Carson back, so that, that's good as well. But how many guys would this team like to add to that bullpen? Yeah, interestingly, you know, they, they are going to lose uh, three guys, as you mentioned there, likely with Koji, uh, Brad Ziegler, and Janichi Tozawa. I don't necessarily uh, expect them to restart any of those three guys just from the way um, Dave Dombrowski was talking about it. So, uh, But surprisingly, he said he's really only looking to go out and get one guy because he feels like he has enough internally uh, with the emergence of Joe Kelly, with, uh, with Heath Hembree, the way he came on last year, Matt Barnes, they think he's going to take another step forward. Um, and they have six starters for five spots, so that leaves another reliever. So I think that uh, they're really looking to go out and get one impact guy. One guy, guy that could be interesting is a former closer in Greg Holland, who's coming off the injury, obviously. He's been throwing for teams 
And, uh, you know, that could be a guy that they go out and sign. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But it sounds like Dombrowski looks to really make one significant addition to the bullpen here. Mentioned the closer back, obviously, uh, with Craig Kimbrell. And you look at what closers are going to be going for this offseason. I think we're going to see some record-setting deals, Aroldis Chapman, uh, uh, Kenley Jansen, and Mark Melanson, three big-time closers that are available. Um, and the cost that it's going to take to get one of those guys, it kind of makes David Dombrowski's decision to make that trade for Kimbrell a year ago look that much smarter. Now, Kimbrell wasn't fantastic from day one through the end of the season. There was obviously some ups and downs, and I think most people would expect him to be probably better in 2017. But just the fact that they have that guy ready to go locked in at what's now a, a reasonable price. Yeah, no, I think they feel good about that. I'm sure that when they made that move, they were looking at kind of the future of closers, you know, looking ahead the next couple of years. And now you have you not only got last season out of Craig Kimbrell, but you have him this season. <laughs> You know, then you have them for an option in, in 2018. So I think that they like that deal a lot right now. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, you're right. These guys are going to make a ton of money, whether it's Jansen, uh, Chapman, um, or Melanson. It's going to be a very high market for these guys. And, you know, I think they have to feel pretty good. If they, they have to feel pretty good about their bullpen. If, like I said, they can just go out and get maybe that one guy can sort of solidify the eighth inning and, and work it along with those other guys. It's awards week across baseball, uh, the Baseball Writers Association Awards, uh, and the Red Sox have Mookie Betts, a possible MVP candidate. That's on Thursday. Uh, Rick Porcello in the Cy Young race in the American League on Wednesday. Let's start with Porcello. We'll go uh, according to time. Uh, on Wednesday, now, what are his chances? He won the Players' Choice Award. That's usually a pretty good indicator. Is he the front runner? do you think, heading into the announcement on Wednesday of AL Cy Young winner? Yeah, boy, it's so hard to tell. If he is a front runner, it's maybe by a percentage point ahead of, uh, you know, maybe you say it's a 51% chance of winning, uh, you know, or less than that because you have three guys. But, you know, obviously, I think Justin Berlander had a great year also, and Kluber for that matter. Um, Porcello, the one thing he has over the three guys, he was the most consistent of the three. He was really uh, amazingly slump-free his entire season. He had one start where he gave up five runs. His worst start after that, he gave up four runs. I think it was four times. Other than that, three earned runs or less in every start. Uh, and just impressive across the board, great control. Um, doesn't have the strikeout numbers that Verlander and Kluber have, so it's going to be interesting to see the way this all plays out in the vote. But uh, yeah, I think maybe Porcello, um, a slight favorite right now, but, but not by much. By much. This, to me, is a really uh, fascinating race in which nobody really separated themselves from the pack. Just a bunch of guys who had... Uh, really good years, but I don't think you had that Pedro Martinez uh, 1999 season or one of those years Kershaw had uh, the last few years. And then Betts, already the gold glove, the silver slugger. What a season it was for Mookie Betts. Um, the other guy that it feels like it's going to come down to Betts or Trout, and obviously yeah. Trout was a great player, as he always is, on a bad team. Betts was a player on a team that won its division. Um, that could be a separator. Um, what do you think the, the deciding factor is in this AL MVP race? Yeah, Tim, I really think Betts is going to win because, um, you know, to me, the guys, when, it, when it's a guy from a, you know, a non-contending team that wins the MVP, the guy is usually a guy that just has, like, an unbelievable year. Like, I think that year that A-Rod had in Texas uh, that one time, where it's just like, you know, it's almost like a transcendent uh, type of season 
where um, in this case, I think Betts and Trout are pretty uh, equal in a lot of and in a lot of the numbers. I think Betts was actually better defensively if you look at the metrics, uh, and he played for an American League East champion. Uh, Altuve obviously had a very good year too, but I think the fact that Betts is the only one of the uh, three AL MVP finalists that played in the playoffs, I think that could give him a very slight edge. It could uh, make him the MVP on Thursday. The Red Sox uh, quickly took care of uh, a hole they had to replace with Torrey Lavulo leaving the team to get that manager job. Uh, he hung in there a, an extra year, I think, where a lot of people thought he, he may be getting that managerial job a year ago. Gary DeSarcina is the new bench coach of the Red Sox. Here's a guy who's familiar with the organization. He's from Massachusetts. Uh, he managed Pawtucket, I know, in 2013. I think he managed the Lowell Spinners at one point uh, before that. He's from Billerica, Mass. Ian, which is my high school's arch rival, uh, Chelmsford Billerica. Yeah. As we get close to the big Thanksgiving Day football game, but uh, he's a guy that that I think grew up a Red Sox fan, um, and, and now he kind of returns to the major league club. Um, what have you, what have your first thoughts been on on that hire as the new bench coach? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's fascinating the way life works sometimes. So you look at Tori Lovello um, and the fact that, like you said, a lot of people thought he could be a manager a year ago. And, um, you know, a really selfless act, he decided to stay on another year, help John Farrell out if John Farrell was coming back from cancer. And, you know, they just wanted to make sure. He didn't know 100% that John was going to come back and have no um, health limitations. He didn't know John was going to maybe get fatigued at some point. It turns out that John, fortunately, was in great health. Um, and Lavella was just there kind of filling the bench coach role as always. But now you look at it, and he gets to go manage with you know one of the people he's closest to in baseball, Mike Hayes. And um, this was an opportunity that he wouldn't have had if he had um, left to fill another vacancy a year ago. So first of all, couldn't have worked out any better for Lavello. And uh, second of all, I think that D-Star Cena is really the perfect fit. Um, this is a guy who's familiar with the organization. He's kind of like-minded with you know John Farrell. He played with John Farrell with the Angels in the early 90s. Uh, and he has an impressive background when you look at all the different things he's done uh, in baseball. So I think Gary DeSar has seen a really a very good fit. This is the next natural step in his progression on his ladder to hopefully maybe uh, one day become a manager himself. So I really like the hire of Gary DeSar Cena for, for the Red Sox. All right, great stuff, Ian. It's going to be an interesting offseason. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.